0: Welcome to episode 241 of the Rugby League Republic Podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, we discuss the worst bunker decision of all time, Manly's pride round jersey, and much, much more. Join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic Podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 241 of the Rugby League Republic Podcast, where we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the People. I'm a co-host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, how are you doing this week?
1: Well, my esteemed colleague, Dr. T, I have been brushing up on the law, uh, getting my wig ready, ready to take the NRL to court over... Uh, Ever the worst uh, decision of uh, corpious, heinous crime to ever, uh, to ever, to ever, like, you know, um, hit this great nation of uh, of the Commonwealth of Australia. But uh, tish, other, tish, what are you, what are you more, talking about? Legal battle,
0: I'm good. <laughs> Have the Tigers Sorry? been kicked out of the competition a la South Sydney?
1: Is Ooh, that, wh- wh-
0: what's the decision?
1: Mm, what are well, you talking about? I'm talking about a bunker, which is neither a bunker uh, and neither a place of decision. But a place of indecision, I say, Dr. T. Hi, Q's the... Um, so... <laughs> a bunker
0: with Ashley Klein should be renamed the clunker. Because the clunker. That... The clone <laughs> clunker, because yeah. that's that's what it was. It was a terrible decision. We'll get into it, no doubt. Mm. And mm. we've also got a big one lined up. We've got a few other topics, and obviously the Manly Pride jersey fiasco is, mm. is uh, the hot topic at the moment, so we'll get into that at some point as well. But before we get into all of that, let's do the review of round 19. And to kick off our six tackles, here we go with tackle number one. All right, uh, so let's go through the scores and then we'll uh, focus on the highlights. I think we know what the lowlights are going to be. Uh, the Broncos thirty-six to fourteen over a hapless Eels on Thursday night. The Dragons twenty to six over Manly. Is that right? <laughs> uh, the Newcastle Knights forty-two to twelve getting flogged by the Sydney Roosters. The Canberra Raiders, 26-14 over the New Zealand Warriors. Pembroke Panthers, 20-10 over the Cronulla Southern Sharks. Rabbitohs, 24-12 over the Melbourne Storm. That is four losses in a row. First time mm-hmm. in seven years for them. The Bulldogs, 36-26 over the Gold Coast Titans, uh, condemning them to at least equal last. And finally... The controversy of controversies, North Queensland Cowboys 27 to 26 over the West Tigers. Uh, I think it's fair to say I know which one we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah. uh, in, a, in a moment. I guess we're going to focus mm. the whole tackle on it. But look, do you have any other comments on on the games this round, Tish?
1: Well, look, only that we're, we're about five games, well, five rounds away from the finals. And we had some... Really interesting score lines. Obviously, we, we're going to talk about Melbourne a bit later and their form debacle uh, at the moment. And, you know, a few clubs, like, uh, I think we both tipped against the Dragons, but they were able to successfully uh, negotiate manly. Um, you know, just got to say, like, you know, the the, the finals, it's hotting up. I think you got the Roosters sitting in at ninth, at eighth position. Um, but the same number of points as, uh, you know, the Dragons, the Raiders, the Eels and the Roosters. You know, what what is that, like five teams fighting for one spot? And, uh, yeah, uh, Storm and Eel slipping. I think that's the the other thing that seems to be happening. So, uh, interesting to see how the rest of the season will play out, no doubt, for those teams.
0: Yeah, and look, uh, so the way the top four are positioned, we've got the Panthers clearly going to get the minor premiership unless something goes, you know, wayward in the next few games. Uh, The Cowboys next, then the Sharks, and then Brisbane cementing. uh, They're now, I think, four clear of – is that four points clear of uh, the Eels, I think? So they're kind of firming for the top four, which is, uh, you know, would you have thought the Cowboys and Broncos in the top four (laughs) at the beginning of the year? I don't think so. But, yeah, look, just goes to show the massive turnaround – Uh, That that Adam Reynolds has uh, kind Mm. of led Uh, He's not the sole reason But he's definitely been the difference He's allowed all the other sort of pieces of the puzzle To click into place for the Broncos And they've been building for a while So that's, uh, you know, good on Kevi Walters For bringing them all together Canberra Raiders, let's not forget them They're sort of sneaking in there as well And we've got South Sydney, of course Nipping at the heels of the top four 24-12 over the storm We're going to talk about that as well the Bulldogs, look, another – it wasn't another hat-trick to Josh Adokar. You know, he just seems to, uh, you know, be scoring hat-tricks left, right and centre. And he's scored more this year than he has in, uh, you know, for the last probably five years or of his career. So – you know, whatever Mick Potter is doing there has definitely turned them around. Having said that, it was 36-26 to 26 over an equal last-placed <laughs> Gold Coast Titan, so not too much to write home about. But, the, yeah, from my perspective, Eels, disappointing against the uh, the Broncos. The Knights as well, uh, you know, not really doing much. And the likes of Ponga, you know, who lift in origin uh, – Tend to not do much at, at uh, in club games, but he's got an excuse this time because he's been concussed yet again. So there's some question marks around his fitness and, uh, you know, what does it mean for him to have so many concussions? It's a bit of a question mark, I think. But, yeah, the Roosters are on fire as well. Um, lots happening. Uh, any last thoughts on round 19, Tish?
1: Well, look, I think we are going to talk about the big issues uh, very, very soon, um, so I think we'll get into it, and uh, probably in the next few weeks, we'll probably look at how the finals are shaping up, because it looks like a very interesting final final series yeah. um, about to, that we're about to embark on in, in not that long away now. That's right. All right, well, let's launch into
0: tackle number two. Here we go. Tackle number two, we are going to talk about the big controversy that has dominated the headlines. Uh the Gold Coast, sorry, was a sorry, the Gold Coast, the North yeah. Queensland Cowboys, 27-26 over the Tigers. It was the final game of the week uh, of the round. And it was uh, you know, it was going, it was looking like an incredible comeback from the Tigers. Uh, you know, probably deserved to win. Uh, given that they ended up scoring four tries to two, <laughs> I think. So look, you know, very, uh, you know, it was all uh, it was all the Tigers, and towards the end, um, Adam Dewey was kicking the goal to put them ahead, twenty six twenty five, uh, with literally seconds to spare, and then inexplicably. The clock was scop- stopped with one second to go, or 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 five seconds to go, or something ridiculous, which uh, I didn't quite understand because usually in these situations the clock runs out and and it's game over. But no, they decided to give the Cowboys one last chance. Um, and Tish, if you don't mind, I will I will tell the story, and then I'll pass it. over to you. I'll try and tell it in a very dispassionate and unemotional way. And then I'll pass it over to you to give the Tigers perspective on what happened. So set the scene. We've got, I think it was Valentine Holmes um, doing the short kickoff uh, obviously to try and regain possession. Um, He did. So it went probably 15, 20 meters almost. Um, It was, I think it was collected potentially by the Tigers with not too much, uh, you know, I think either it was collected or it was knocked on, but either way, um, it was, I think the Tigers had it in, in their possession. Um, however, Carl felt from the Cowboys, uh, was, uh, basically ran into a Tigers player who seemed to have kind of cut him off as the, as they were both trying to go for the ball in the air. They both kind of bumped into each other. Carl felt bumped and went left and the other player, I forget his name, went right. A Tigers player and um and then there was some controversy we didn't know what was going on because by then the clock had run out um the referee tried to wave away everyone because he couldn't hear there was something coming over in over the airways into his refs uh refs headphones uh, from the bunker saying something like i'm checking something or whatever um then uh, then we hear that the cowboys uh, put up a captain's challenge for what decision we don't know. There was no actual decision made by the referee uh, to penalise or to do anything really. It should have been end of uh, end of end of the match. Um, then for some reason, they went to the bunker. And uh, Ashley Klein, who was obviously the uh, the referee for the State of Origin matches this year, uh, considered the top referee in the game at the moment, made a decision upon looking at one replay, um, decided uh, that, you know, slow motion replay, decided that Kyle Felt was impeded deliberately by the Tigers player. Uh, he made the decision to give the penalty to the Cowboys, and of course, Valentine Holmes kicked the goal uh, with zero seconds to spare. Uh, In fact, the the full-time whistle should have been blown anyway, but in any case, they were afforded the penalty, won the penalty, scored the two points, game over. And uh, the controversy has been obviously that uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, I would say majority, I wouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people, probably 90% or 95% of people that I've seen online uh, agree with the the decision that it was a terrible decision. Uh, or, sorry, agree with the notion that it was a terrible decision um, and that the player, the Tigers player, in fact, was not really didn't look like he was deliberately impeding anyone it looked like he changed direction to follow the trajectory of the ball as as, as it was coming down from the air it looked like he had his eyes only on the ball it didn't even look sideways it looked like he had only eyes for the ball so mm. for some reason the referee decided that it was a deliberate uh, impediment of uh, of the uh, of the Cowboys player I don't know how you get that, but anyway, so as a dispassionate, uh, well, I've got to say I'm not really a non-Tigers uh, fan. I am mm. actually a fan of the Tigers from way back, the Bowmain Tigers. But um, this, this I've got to tell you, was uh, appalling—a a decision. I don't know how you could look at that video replay, or you know, on multiple angles, and decide that the Tigers player had made. A deliberate decision to run in Kyle Felt's path. Looking back on it as well, it almost looked like Kyle Felt milked the penalty because he was very lightly touched and he seemed to project himself sideways uh, mm. in a very uh, a- like he was
1: shot. He like he was
0: like like he was uh, like he was shot in a spaghetti western by <laughs> you know by Alec Baldwin or something. No, maybe not. Yeah.
1: but look, you, it you was- know those big car wash. Uh, you know, like balloons of like. <laughs> Human that's sticks. what it looked like. That's exactly what he just like.
0: He just his his legs and limbs went to jello. He just went sideways flying. <laughs> it was it was Neymar Junior from the soccer <laughs> world would be absolutely proud of of
1: moments. Mm, mm.
0: and, and you could tell because afterwards, when the decision was made to award them the penalty, and the Tigers fans fans and players were blowing up, he he let a bit of a, a wry smile. You could see uh, in the big Jumbotron, the big uh, television on mm. the, at the ground. Uh, definitely, he knew that he had milked that penalty. Um, but look, and, and look again, I am as dispatching it as I can. It was a terrible decision. Um, I don't know how objectively the referee could have determined that it was a uh, what do they call it? Escort, or what is the official term? Meaning. Um, that, uh, that the player deliberately impeded an opposition player to allow your player to catch the ball. Um, in that situation, it was game-changing, and it would have, in my mm-hmm. mind, you would you you would have you would have to have very high standards to make such a call because it would have such you know uh, major consequences. So you'd have to be really sure to give that penalty. And I felt that Ashley Klein uh, only really looked at the one. Um, one or two maybe uh angles of the bo- of the camera which which kind of made me think he hasn't really thought this through <laughs> he's just made a very rash decision he maybe just he wanted to get home uh mm. i don't know he was wanting to beat the traffic out of the stadium but it was terrible and look that's my view but tish uh as a tigers fan talk me through what your feelings are
1: okay well um yeah, from a feelings point of view, obviously when uh, Stafford Toa scored the try, it was amazing, right? Uh, the whole room erupted, put it that way, right? And not everybody was a target supporter. But just to see a, a last-minute finish like that, we didn't really see that in Origin this year, did we, right? So just anytime you see a, a last-minute sort of try or something happen, um, you know, you, everybody just gets super excited. Uh, even earlier this year with the one point, just Jackson Hastings field goal in a, in a game, I think it was against South. that was like, you know, thrilling just to see that last minute sort of thing. So to see that, that was great. Um, now, I did watch the Fox coverage uh, and it was funny because like when Adam do, uh, Dewey's kicking, you're wondering like, you know, uh, obviously he's trying to run down the clock and I did it, I actually, on the Fox comment uh, thing, and I've got to get a thing of it before, but the timer went to 80 Right, and then went to seventy nine fifty nine. I think it actually went to eighty and zero one second, and then after he kicked it, and the ball was in there. It actually went backwards to seventy nine fifty nine. Right. Um. Now, obviously, that's not the official clock; that is the Fox clock. That's but right. it was, it was like, okay, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to wind the clock down, but he's missed it by about a second or two. Um. Not too sure who stopped the. I mean, I don't know if it was the referee who stopped time or whoever but um you know there's been other games where players have been allowed to run down the the, the clock uh, completely um, but whatever happened do we didn't do so right um look the other thing is look I did yeah when they did do the kick um, obviously they did, they did the kick the siren had sounded the the 80 minutes had gone while the ball was in the air uh, the referee blew what is what they're now calling the soft whistle and then I did hear Townsend go challenge, challenge, challenge. You can see pretty much as soon as he saw Phil on the ground, he went straight after for the challenge, challenge, challenge. So he did try to challenge. But what did he challenge? There was no decision. Yes. You can't
0: challenge a non-decision.
1: Exactly. And that's the I have. Yeah. Exactly right. And then uh, I don't know if you caught this as well, because I need to get back into this a bit later, right? Um, you know, uh, what... After the decision had been made and they're going for the kick, I think Tamo asked if he could challenge the challenge for an offside. Did you hear that?
0: I think so. And I think he told him, no, you can't do that. The bunker's already made a decision. Meaning meaning that once it's gone to the bunker, they are supposed to look at all of that and not necessarily – like you can't sort of go back and re-prosecute the same case. Like It's like if you've already sent up that decision and that incident – Their job, the bunker, is to take all that into account. So, you know, which begs the question, but what if they didn't look at that? You know, what if they weren't looking at that particular thing?
1: Now, looking at the replay, you can see the footage online. You can watch it back. He's He's (laughs) offside. Yeah. Valentine Hones kicks the ball uh, from an offside position because both his feet are past the ball, and he kicks it sort of back so he can get the right angle on it. So... He's actually kicked the ball illegally, so um, yeah. which is the first description, right? Um, so yeah, so look, the Tigers are looking into options for a legal decision. Doctor Tim, what do you think about this? Do you think that 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 they like if they got it wrong, which they admitted? Do you think that the points should go to the Tigers and been taken off the cow- uh, Cowboys? Look, uh, I don't
0: know. I've gone, I've gone both sides on this because I think okay. some. There is no, the only way an overturn, a, 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 a sort of a points, uh, you know, a, a result, shall I say, a match result should be overturned is if really there's no, like, the, there was no way that, uh, th- there's no other choice. Like, as in, you know, like often we talk about, oh, a decision in the last minute costs us a game. Well, technically, no, because, you don't you have no way of knowing you have no way of predicting whether within the rules of the game whether you would have got the points or whether something would have happened in that last minute this however is a different case because this was meant to be literally the last play and if the last play determines the match and as it did because a penalty was given and two points were scored then then the only thing you could argue is if the decision to give the penalty was wrong and everyone agrees it was wrong then you have to look into the possibility of overturning the result because time had expired that's it there's no it, there's no argument to be made that oh but Cowboys could have could have got the ball back and done something and you know they had another 10 seconds to spare no the time had had lapsed And the decision that we're all arguing about literally gave them an opportunity to score two points and win the game. Had that decision not been made or been corrected, they would not have had that opportunity. It's a real simple binary choice. And I think that's the only situation in my mind where a, a result could be overturned. However, the other point, the other question or the counterpoint to that is, you know, what precedent does it set if you allow this sort of legal interference to happen mm. in the game. Should we just cop it? Should we just say, well, it was a mistake, we move on. Um, okay. Part of me thinks that we
1: should do that as well. So uh, I'm kind of torn, Tish. Okay. Okay. Well look, um it is something that never happens in sport, right? The the final decision is the final decision, right? And to overturn um it's a big thing which I, which never happens and has never happened in rugby league, right? Um, what the score is is what the score is, right? So when I heard that the Westlake is doing anything, okay, look, it's it's good sort of PR, but like is there really a case and everything like this? And then people talk about, you know, that this is just a PR starting everything on this. But then I actually heard, and now he's a lawyer, the chairman Lee Hadjepentelis, if I've said that correctly, um, you know, I've, I've seen his, and I think everybody needs to actually sort of listen to what he's actually said, because the argument that you've just made about the precedent is exactly the West Tigers argument, right? Which is, you can't overturn the decision, right? According to Lee, you can't overturn the decision. The game was over at the 18th minute, and the ref's decision of the West Tigers winning the result, you can't change the result after the fact. Because a few things happen, Right. Um, time had expired this is why they want evidence of the official game clock right um, time has expired the herder is gone and the whistle has been blown um, so I don't know if you know this or not but in back in 2014 uh, you know the St. George the War, War of Dragons tried to uh, take the NRL to court for the Melbourne Storm beating them after full time right And in that case, the reason why the Dragons lost is because although time had expired, the Hooter had gone, the referee's whistle was not blown. And Melbourne scored a try, right? So they had to allow the try. Where in this instance, the actual uh, referee's uh, whistle has been blown. So at the 80th minute, the Tigers are in front. Therefore, they've won the game. and. Any decision that the referee makes after that is null, right? Is it does not should not affect the result because you can't change the result after the game has finished. Um, so so did track- he actually
0: call? Did he actually call full time? Are you saying that he called full time and then <clears throat> um, the Cowboys tried to challenge? Is that what you're saying? Or
1: yeah, well, if you go back and watch your footage, you'll notice that there is a whistle blow. No, it's not the full-time whistle. The NRL are calling it a soft whistle. Um, but I well, he like tries rigid- to stop stop play. It's like a stop play thing. Is that what it was? Stop play to then, but then he doesn't blow the whistle completely, right? Um, right. But when has that ever not happened, right? Do you know what I mean? So the question is like, you know, because yeah. yeah, with the Dragons um, Storm thing, it was the fact that the ref didn't blow the whistle at all. The ref had started blowing the whistle. The whistle was actually heard, right? Um, you can hear it in the commentary. So I think this is why the official game timing is interested. They also want the audio logs between the bunker and the referee. Oh, um, because, wow. <laughs> yeah. Because there is there is definitely communication. And if if it was, um, you know, t- Chad Townsend did call a challenge, but what is he challenging is a very good point. Because you can't challenge just a normal, like, play the ball. Do you know what I mean? And the ref can't call a stoppage for no reason either, right? So... So the other thing is, no, but the, the bunker can interfere.
0: Are they allowed to interfere without a ref's decision? Or has that been, or am I confusing that with the VAR in the soccer where where they can, the bunker can sort of say, hey, I've noticed an incident there. You might want to stop play there for a second. And uh, is that is that kind of what happened? Because I don't know okay. if that's actually been completely ruled out in terms of uh, what the bunker can or cannot
1: do. I believe the bunker cannot interfere into unless unless there's a captain's challenge. Right, okay. I don't think they could interfere. The only time I think they can do it is when there there is some sort of injury or foul play, um, and when I mean foul play, like dangerous foul play, like you know, like yeah, 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 contact to the head or things like that. That's when they could stop it. But if you've noticed that you know when the ref st- when the um, doctors like stopping it, you know, because he sees like some sort of incident they don't go back five minutes, right? <laughs> and then no, no, no. Yeah, they, they actually just continue. And sometimes the penalty's not even blown either. So, so yes, yeah, so I think that whole thing of, like, you know, the bunker being able to interfere and, like, rule on decisions, unless there is a stoppage, unless there is, um, like, a, like, some sort of – I don't think they can do it just willy-nilly, right? Because you see that with drop balls and different things like that, right? Like, you know, the referee ruled a drop ball. It's clearly been raked, but then – you know, they see the replay, but the bunker doesn't do anything because the captain's challenge, it was too late to call the challenge. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's uh, it, it's all there. Um, there is one thing that's changed since the Dragon's Melbourne Storm sort of incident, which is, if you notice now, they actually, you know, when there's like a try awarded, they award the try, then they go back and check and then go back, Right. So which is a different <laughs> – so they've kind of opened the door to be able to challenge a decision after a decision has been made, if that, if that makes sense. Because they make the decision of the try, but then they go back and reverse the decision, right? If you think about it, in the whole history of rugby league, other than this year, that you haven't been able to do that, where you've been able to just reverse the decision like that. So wait, are you saying the bunker reverses its own decision? No, no, okay. so the, refra- it, that's the try- not. that's not – yeah. When a try gets awarded – and then they go back and have a look. The referee blows time off. And, and then it's
0: a call, you know, try on yeah, the trial
1: kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And then they reverse the decision, right? Now, which is okay. That's that's what it's there for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is that that, that ability to change a trial, not to change a trial, the NRL has already introduced that asset uh, aspect to the game now, which wasn't available in the Melbourne Storm Dragons thing. So, um you know, and and, and unlike a, a referee challenge, like a catchers challenge, there is no time limit to how long the ref, the uh the video referee can look at it. Right, they've already made the they've already made the suggestion that it was wrong. So right, like, so this, kind of is a, this is
0: a this is a bit like what they do in soccer, where where they a decision can be made to the that that a goal is scored, and then. The, the bunker or the, what they call VAR mm. looks at it and and then sometimes it's like, you know, decision, it's like goal under review kind of thing. And then it's only when the goal is confirmed that it's actually confirmed, but they can actually change it and they have. Mm. Uh, so it's similar kind of thing where is, is yep. you're saying that the bunker can do that without the referee pointing to them. Like they, exactly. this is something they could do proactively. now here's the thing they can do that and this i think we've talked about this from the time you know we've been talking about this since the bunker was introduced and um certain changes were made a couple of years ago with PVL um you know <laughs> would are we in a position where we need to be really strict on when the bunker can interfere or not um mm. you know or and are we opening ourselves up to... This is what I was referring to. If it's the case that the bunker feels like it can, under the laws that govern it, uh, interfere and say, I've found something wrong with this play, even if the referee hasn't found it, I'm going to go and, and look at it. Um, because I I got the feeling, and I, I, get this, I may be wrong, but uh, the referee... Before I heard the words challenge, challenge from the Cowboys, the referee has was being talked to by the bunker. So I get the feeling that it wasn't – a lot of people are saying you shouldn't be able to challenge a non-decision, and that's my point as well. There's no decision, therefore you can't challenge it. However, it wasn't that the on-field referee made a decision – it was probably the case that the bunker interfered and said something to the referee, I want to take a look at this. In which case, the question is, are they able to do that in a non-try situation? Um, mm. And I think this is where I think ultimately uh, whatever comes out of this, whether there's a legal overturning of the of the result or not, we need to really be strict with what we are comfortable the, with the bunker doing or not doing, um, you know, do we only bring them into play when a certain situation calls for it and and the referee calls for it or a challenge is issued by a captain? Is that the only situation? Or are we a- okay with having this proactive kind of, you know, someone has a word into the ear of the referee, you know, daily Cherry Evans has just been punched in the background. I want you to take a look at that. Or... You know, I want you to stop play because of X, Y, Z. You know, what? what is the decision? And what you said earlier was they can only do that for foul play and a few other circumstances. But neither of those circumstances apply here. And so why on earth was the bunker, you know, interfering with mm. uh, with the on-field referee? So Tigers chairman Lee, is it Haji Pantelis? Yeah. He has, uh, as you said, quite rightly, He's uh, trying to get some senior counsel to look at all legal options, including, uh, you know, trying to secure the audio logs between in the communications between the referee and the bunker, as well as the log for the official clock. So all of these things will give us us a better picture because I feel like a lot of what's happened is... Um, You know, and this is always the case with social media, half of it is just garbage, and people Mm. being misinformed and talking from a position of uh, lack of information, or no information and speculation. So I think, you know, if this is a legal case, let's see where it goes. Mm. Uh, You know, I'm... I'm not necessarily a purist in the sense that there's some people out there who are saying, no, let the decision stand. You know, it's uh, yeah. swings aroundabouts. roundabouts. Cowboys have had their fair share of bad decisions. But this is a clear case where you yeah. can actually argue whether it was an incorrect or allowable decision or not. And yeah. therefore, uh, it can be overturned, and for those who say you cannot overturn things,
1: need I remind you, Melbourne Storms premierships? <laughs> you can <laughs> overturn things. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, you can.
1: Yeah, and, and and for those people who say that, that's exactly the West Tigers' argument. You can't overturn things. the 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 game had finished, right? So they can't overturn the decision after the game's being finished. That's that's their argument. So yeah. they're like they're yeah. like they're basically saying the same point the West Tigers are making, which is the the game has finished officially. Um, that's what they want to get evidence on to make sure that that is the case, and that's what they—that's the position that they want to fight from—is that um, you know whatever the referee does afterwards, like you know, like he can't call an offside after the game's over, <laughs> you know, basically. No, right? that's right. That's right. You know, uh, so so that's the whole. And equally,
0: if there was a punch up, but but the referee had called time, you can't then just penalise. Let's yeah. just say the Tigers initiated a punch-up. Well, it doesn't matter. If the referee has called time,
1: then mm.
0: you can't all of a sudden give a penalty to the Cowboys. Or at least I don't think he should be able to. And so I think it's the same situation here. If it is a case that he called time and he decided game over, then the question then becomes, is that it or can a captain challenge the yeah. decision full-time on the basis of, there's an incident you need to look at, and and I don't think they can because the yes. decision to end the 80 minutes is yeah. not the same as a decision to say <laughs> someone got bumped into, therefore it's a penalty or not. You can't challenge a non-decision, Cowboys.
1: It's as simple yeah, as that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, um, I didn't see Chad Townsend with an alternate clock saying, no, it's it's actually still 75 minutes here. Like if they're deci- if they're like <laughs> if they're like challenging the decision of time, well I didn't see any of the replays looking at time. they were looking at the footy, like did I mean so? To... Well i um, yeah. well
0: whatever happens, I'm looking forward to uh the world's greatest theoretical physicist being brought in to discuss the nature of time.
1: Because <laughs> 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 that is what
0: the cowboys are gonna need to overturn that time decision. Um yeah. but yeah, look, I, I think there's more to it than that, but I think that is definitely one aspect that that is, as I said, there's a few things that we just don't know what happened and where a lot of us are talking from speculation, uh, you know, a lot of people online are willing to sort of, you know, don't even get as far as we did, Tish, to talk about multiple different scenarios. They just think, no, nah, that's it. It's this thing and clearly this happened and that happened. Well probably it's a little more complicated than that, you know? Um, and yeah, definitely the other angle of, well, maybe the kickoff was uh, was not even legitimate anyway. So even that should have been, uh, you know, <laughs> that should reviewed. Have been penalized. that should have been reviewed. And so you could go on forever about that last play. And then you can go even further back and say, why would even five seconds be allowable when clearly, you know, like the, 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 the way they applied the stoppage rules could also be questioned because I was watching it thinking, wow, it's literally 10 seconds to go. Well done, Tigers. You've won it. And there he goes for the kick and it's over the black dot. And well done. They're in the lead. And then all of a sudden it's it's like, why isn't the timer going down to zero? <laughs> like, mm. I don't understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It
0: was really odd. And so there has to be as Jeff Tuvey says, an explain no no, what does he say? It has to be an investigation. Investigation. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so even Jeff Tuvey's like going, Oh boys, investigation. There needs to be a prosecution. That's what <laughs> there needs to be. Get <laughs> yep, the lawyers yep. in. But yeah, um well Tish, I'm glad you you've survived the weekend and, and haven't taken too much to heart because I think uh there's a lot of legal uh, legal battles ahead to, to see what happens. And look, a lot of people have been saying, "Why are they carrying on like this? They come in last. It's not that consequential." But I think it's also the principle of it that that mm-hmm. that this that they could get you know. And in the latest news is as well, Ashley Klein has been stood down for this weekend's games. But I think he's been stood down just from the bunker. Not necessarily yeah. from all refereeing, if I'm not mistaken. So, so, I'm not sure.
1: So, 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 what happens when he gets stood down as a video referee? Are you not allowed to watch any video whatsoever? So, he's been banned from, <coughs> you know, his pictures being, you know, shown up at every Hoyt's and event cinema. Like, <laughs> don't, don't give a ticket to this man. He's been banned for a week for video. Like, you know, is he not allowed, like, you know, they've like gone. He's to, on he's on
0: the like Dendy Cinemas <laughs> watch list. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do not let this like, man in.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> like, you know, what does it mean to be still? Is, is he banned? Is he? Uh,
0: is, is his Netflix uh, password been uh, <laughs> confiscated <laughs> for the week? I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, he might. Isn't he allowed to stream things at home or on his device?
1: I mean, yeah, this is he
0: some harsh punishment here.
1: It is. It is. He's on reading duty. Um, so. No, he's the reading uh, review official this week. so um, <laughs> that's right you know, so well, he's still done as a video ref, but not as an
0: audio ref. so he can as an audio he ref, can go yeah, around, right. he can go around and talk to people mm. in their ears, but he, he can't really uh, he yeah. can't really review, which is just yeah, as he, well because I think some people would say he' he was blind anyway to see what he saw. but anyway, <laughs> he needs to go spec <laughs> savers. That's what he needs. <laughs> That's right. It, 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 yeah, we need the Specsavers lawyers onto this because uh, I just want to hear them say at one point, um, have you been to Specsavers lately? <laughs> because I think, <laughs> Your Honour, <laughs> Your Honour, he has not
1: answered the question. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Well, look, let's. Uh, I think it's time to move on. There's so much more to talk about rugby league. Uh, shall we move on to tackle number two?
0: Let's do it, please. Tackle number three, here we go. Well, amid the hullabaloo of uh, the West Tigers' bunker fiasco and another thing we're going to talk about in a few minutes, Manly's pride jersey, we need not forget, we must not forget that it is actually the women in league round in the NRL where we're celebrating those who are rewriting the story of rugby league in Australia. Um You know, from the sidelines of regional fields to the boardrooms across the country, women and men are playing their part to create a more equal future for rugby league in Australia. And uh, ARL Commission Chairman Peter Volander said there is ambition to make rugby league the number one female sport in Australia. And he indicated that a pay increase was on the horizon for elite players. So that's really great news that the rugby Mm. league uh, fraternity is taking. Uh, the 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 position of women in league seriously putting their money where their mouth is and 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 you know giving them higher pay you know certainly we've we've seen the women's game flourish recently state of origin we talked about in the same vein as a male state of origin game recently um, you know the grand finals. Uh, I think, being played, uh, you know, on the same day, or at least that was, that's the intention. Hopefully they continue to do that because it's such a great way to get uh, exposure to the women's game and, and the women's grand final. Um, and, look, fourteen words from Peter volandes his ambition is to make rugby league the number one female sport in Australia, which, you know, considering how much of a contact sport it is, uh it's a that's a very significant challenge to overcome you know the likes of soccer and, and other sports where where it's a bit of an easier entry point in terms of you know you, women and men can play without fear too much of uh being physically hurt you know bruised battered and bruised mm. you, know, you can play a soccer game and maybe if you're if you're mostly lucky you won't have a knee injury or an ankle injury or something uh, but, but you know, definitely you won't get bashed, <laughs> battered and bruised, as is the, the name of the game in rugby league. So, um, you know, big ambition, big words from Peter Volandis. Um, and, yeah, the other thing to note that uh, at the Sofitel uh, Wentworth uh, this morning, Tuesday morning, uh, the NRL celebrated its 16th year of the women in league round where, women, uh, where people are encouraged to play their part to changing the story tish big words from peter volandes and this one i do like about him i know we sort of talk a lot about him in the negative way but i think mm. he's been a very positive force in the game um you know hopefully he'll be even more of a force when he actually resigns from his race in new south wales position uh, <laughs> and focuses it's a thing yeah. To think, a part-time Peter Verlandis has mm. done so much for the game. Imagine yeah. what a full-time Peter Verlandis will do. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. But
1: he's definitely, um, you know, broken barriers in the in the racing industry as well. I mean, we see both male and female horses racing against <laughs> each other, and I think that's PVL's doing. So you know, so inclusiveness uh, is definitely uh, you Just know for animals look, as humans absolutely. as humans. And, look, I think we'll probably get into the whole inclusiveness thing a little bit later, but I think I think this week, just with rugby league and everything that's happened with one particular club and some of this stuff, I think we've gotten away from, hey, this is the 16th year that we've done the women in league round. And um, I think that by doing this round, it really has highlighted the role and contribution that women have had in rugby league. Uh, and it, And I think it started originally off as just like, you know, canteen workers or whatever and then it's evolved into so much more than that where we've we don't just see um we don't just see sort of volunteering on the you know weekend footy anymore no we see participation increasing we're seeing a professional competition we're seeing an international competition um you know we're seeing state of origin so we're seeing women in every aspect of rugby league we're seeing them um you know not just um, you know, not just on the playing field, but also from an official capacity, um, you know, touch judges and referees, um, but also in the administration of the game too, right? You know, like, um, you know, more and more uh, women on, are on, um, you know, sort of the boardrooms of NRL clubs. Some of them, uh, you know, sort of got some really high positions there as well. And just bringing um, that around. And I think that it is a great round to always celebrate, you know, and and, um, and yeah, and I'm kind of a bit disappointed that, other headlines, um, which is a part of the story, but not really a part of the story. Um, I think other things need to be done to handle those issues. But I, I I feel like we do need to highlight a little bit that this is actually the Women of Rugby League round. And, um, you know, is the NRLW competition starting off this week? I hope it is because what a perfect time to start, like, you know, after you do this type of round. I think we probably talk about this every year, right? They seem to... Uh, when does the women in Rugby League round start, actually? So, like, it doesn't actually start till a few weeks later, which is kind of a bit bizarre. I yeah,
0: kind of I, I think yeah, no, I agree with you, what you're saying. But I think the the whole purpose of it is to devote a round to to the the issues and uh, and to encourage, and maybe that's why it's that's timed that way. It's not timed exactly to uh, align with the launch of the the new season but it's timed just before so it gets people kind of uh it's an opportunity for marketing really you know and to remind people that you know that that there is a game out there for for girls and women uh that may they may not have considered and unfortunately (laughs) you know in trying to be inclusive yeah um the game has uh you know this is typical rugby league shooting itself in the foot (laughs) and on that As a segue, let's move on to tackle number four, where we're going to talk about manly. Here we go. All right. So I did mention that this is typical rugby league, shooting itself in the foot. Uh, and this story is dominating the headlines at the moment, probably will for the next few days. Um, this is about the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles deciding in the spirit of inclusiveness to, uh, to launch and to release a, a specially designed Pride jersey, the first ever Pride jersey specifically designed by an NRL club to highlight uh, inclusivity, you know LGBTQIA plus and other communities inclusivity, diversity, etc. The idea was that where they have white space in some parts of their jersey, they've now put little kind of rainbow colours sinks so you could. It's it's very much a rainbow flavoured again. Rainbow being the kind of uh, the 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 emblem or emblem being emblematic of the diversity the lgbtqia plus community etc and you know this was announced i think yesterday or you know something like that monday this week and uh all of a sudden <laughs> what happened you know the initial news was well done manly trying to be diverse and and trying to get on, on the front foot in terms of diversity and what's ended up happening is that they didn't really consult with their players Mm. and didn't consider the consequences of doing that. And the consequences are that there are several players, in fact, seven players in the Manly Warringah uh, first grade lineup that have decided to boycott the next game against the Roosters this weekend for, um, for, for religious reasons. Meaning that uh, I believe they are all uh, Polynesian uh, background and and very religious and potentially all of them are Christian, some sort of Christian denomination, and they they felt that they needed to take a stand that they weren't, uh, you know, in their in their eyes, in their religion. And this may be the case for other religions, and is the case for other religions, major theistic religions in the world. They don't necessarily agree with uh, with gay rights or or maybe not gay rights but they don't necessarily believe that being homosexual is a sin etc you can argue against or for that regardless um, manly made a major error by not consulting with their players because really uh, it it decimates their team uh, half of their team has decided to pretty much boycott the game um, uh, the next game and it leaves them in a very bit of a Bit of a pickle, and so um, today, what happened was there was, and you can see this uh, online, there was a very extensive uh, statement uh, being made by Des Hazler, the coach, and Daly Cherry Evans, the captain, um, articulating uh, from Des Hazler's point of view, anyway, that he said he was uh, apologetic. Uh, to the players uh, that, that have decided to stand down. They were not consulted. Uh, there were some mistakes made. They shouldn't have done that. In saying that, they still support the idea of diversity and inclusiveness. Um, and, and so that's, you know, as a policy, they still, as the NRL has said, as PVL has said as well, the policy is that we're all about inclusivity, um you may have religious uh, objections to that and that's fine and that's your choice but that does not mean that uh that w- we will bend to that necessarily but but mm. but you are free to without punishment uh you know if you want to boycott that particular round or wearing that jersey or whatever it's up to you now that's the gist of it. I hope I've described it as uh, as carefully as I can because this is a, a minefield if you're not careful but in mm. saying that there's been a lot of you know discussions around you know how can players purport to be Christian and then <laughs> the irony of a betting company being the major sponsor of that same Jersey, you know, the irony of, uh, you know, drinking, uh, you know, the drinking culture and all this stuff. And, you know, you could argue the hypocrisy of these players um, to make a stand for this. You've also seen in the media, Ian Roberts famously played for um, uh, for for Manly, one of the greatest props of all time or, and second rowers of all time, I would say, uh, famously also came out as gay while he was playing. And so the, again, at manly, the, at manly. At manly, which makes it all a very uh, look, if you don't believe in the simulation that we are in a simulation, all of <laughs> all of these things are either coincidental or uh, a glitch in the matrix, I don't know. But look, yeah, ironically, uh, Ian Roberts, a manly legend, has come out and and expressed his disappointment obviously at the players who want to uh, to boycott. You know, at the end of the day, he can express as much, and, and anyone in that community can express as much disappointment as they like, but you're not necessarily going to change people's views uh, right away. <laughs> and, yeah. and in case, if they believe that that's their interpretation of their religion, then so be it, um, I think. and And the question becomes, how can we coexist in, you know, in harmony without, if people disagree with something, that's their choice, but at the end of the day, are they discriminating against that community by doing this? Are they causing concern or hurt? Uh, that's the that's part of the discussion that's been been had online, uh, amongst pundits, etc. Um, but Tish, uh, yeah, look, I'm, look, we know lots of people who are very strongly religious and may have may shared these views of these uh, of the and you know certainly anyone listening to this may have. Uh, may agree mm. with manly players for standing down, regardless of whether they're they're fully religious or Polynesian, or, or whether it's a cultural or religious thing. Um, and the difficulty here is that because manly has bungled the whole thing and not not been very careful in thinking about consequences, it now ironically singles out these seven players as. Yeah. As And so in my mind, and, and I'll pass over to you, you know, in trying to be inclusive, they have actually caused more division. <laughs> you know, Inclusion, right. But they're trying to, you know, mm. what do they say about the road to heaven? hell is paved with good intentions? I mean, mm. that's kind of, I believe that they strongly think they did the right thing. And maybe they feel like they didn't need to consult because it was just an NRL policy that they were implementing and they just were, were deciding to get on the front foot and do something good. But yeah, so and this is the irony: you can do good things in life, and and still end up, uh, you know, you know, ironically, kind of, uh, uh, you know, making a meal of it, which I think is what Manly have done. But Tish, do you have any thoughts on this, and 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 where this might end up, and how can it be resolved?
1: Okay. Well, look, I this is a very complex uh, issue, right? And um, and again, it's sort of coming. <laughs> In the wrong round because it is not really inclusion round or uh, it is women only round, right? Um, <laughs> th- th- that manly decided to do this, which which I think is is a bit odd as well. But I think the 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 main the main thing that manly don't have on their side and why this has ended up the way it has where everybody is disappointed um, is that is because of time because it was sort of sprung this week that this is what they'd have to wear and then the shock of it is still there, right? So there is not enough time to sort of have I think Ian Roberts suggested getting into a room with him and sitting down and and having a talk and a discussion, right? And and conversation definitely helps um, people of different views like understand each other, right? Uh you know, like it's uh like, you know, every uh you know, you go to an all you can eat, the local RSL, right? <laughs> right? You're just in it for the food. You don't really care about what other people's religious views are when you're all eating together, right? So sometimes you just need some, people just need some, a bit of extra time just to just understand some of this stuff. But anyway, whether you want to change people's views or not, that's that's another thing. But I think they just don't, that they mainly sort of just did this. I feel like it's very last minute and that's what's caused the riff and the rough and no, nobody's really been consulted and things like that. And and you're like, well, you know, if they had more time, would they get to the same? Would they would they have a different result? I think they will. And um, there is actually, um, I believe it's Sonny Bill Williams, and I think this is kind of it. But um, you know, when the Roosters had when he went to play back for the Roosters, the Roosters actually had a sponsor that didn't align with Sonny Bill Williams' religious views. Um, so he wanted to play with the jersey without the sponsorship there. And they got special permission from, from the NRL uh, to do that. This same cohort of seven players... And look, actually, this is just an assumption from myself. Um, the seven uh, players, there were players earlier in the year that weren't comfortable wearing the points bet sponsorship, um, but Manly were able to convince them that they need to, right? Um, so the Manly didn't seek special exemption on their, on their behalf, uh as the rooster did for their player right um this jersey and where the actual uh you know the the white have been um replaced by rainbow strips basically um i don't see why not we could have like half the team wear this and half the team not wear that right like as in like it, a personal choice yeah like uh, like yeah, because I mean, really, like to miss a game for like what four, four lines on a jersey, and their colours—they don't even say anything. Um, like I think if you had more time, I think you'd be able to convince the players that, um, look, you're are ha- we're, we're happy for you to wear white, just the white ones, but we want to encourage you guys to wear it because, you know, it may not mean much to you uh, but it'll mean much to somebody else out there struggling, right? That type of thing. Um Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think if they had a like if, if this was something that they were dealing with internally for about four or five weeks and then I feel like you'd be able to resolve it, right? You'd get, you know, but the fact that they sort of sprang in the last minute, it just meant that, you know, um, you know, it's enough time for people to dig in their heels and not be convinced that the other party is right, sort of thing. So that, that's what I have to say. And the, yeah, the, the irony of it, of like where Ian Roberts is and, and um, you know, he was the first, I mean, as far as I know, first openly gay athlete in Australia to come out, right? Um, and he did it at this club. And, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of very sad for his story um, that this is the same club that's going through this right now. So I think, yeah, I... Uh, so yeah, like uh it, it's done that it. I, I did hear that PVL is talking about having an inclusion round um, you know, next year he'd li- like to see that. Um I don't and just being like a realist, you've seen seven players from Manly sort of go through this. I don't know how many other players at other clubs are also going to have problems with an inclusion round. In I mean oh, there may, there may the,
0: be lots. Yeah, there may, there be, may lots. be lots
1: but I think unless you consult with the players and start the conversation now for something you want to prepare next year, I mean, it's, it's not going to give you enough time, right? So I think I think that's where it's at. Um, Interestingly enough, I feel like um, NRLW, this might be a male versus female thing a little bit, but I don't want to be like genderistic or whatever. But I don't know if the – I feel like if this was the NRLW, I feel like this would be um, – a lot easier for them to actually uh, get behind <laughs> because I think, I think some of it is just super silly, right? Like just anyway, but that's, yeah. that's so, one of yeah. yeah,
0: No, no, sorry. Yeah. I was, I was just going to, my final comments on this and I think, uh, you know, if you, you actually raised something very interesting when you look at other examples of how people uh, have handled this, you did actually raise something very interesting, which which I, I did sort of, uh someone pointed out online, I want to point it out here. The way the way these players are being singled out bothers me a little bit. There's been a lot mm. of vitriol online around their religious beliefs and calling out, uh, you know, Christianity in particular, which, you know, it's uh, fair enough, I guess, you in all sorts of uh endeavors like comedy etc there's all sorts of people making fun of religions etc but one thing really struck me is is the way these guys are being singled out you know very viciously by some people saying you know just get on with it you're backwards and this that the other whatever, whatever the case may be however compare that to just earlier this year so i would do this for those hypocritical people <laughs> who who are willing to slam these these people the these manly players for their decision it's their personal choice I have two words for you that you should google Hanine zrika Hanine h-a-n double e n and zrika z r e i k a who is haneen zrika you might add or you might ask well Hanine zrika was a and is a uh, an AFLW Giants, uh, what are they called? Greater Western, GWS Giants player. She used to play rugby league, I believe for the Rabbitohs, but she went, I think a couple of years ago to the Giants, to AFL. So she's now an AFL player. She uh, had an issue with uh, a pride match that they were going to play with with another AFL team and decided to um, sit out the game because it conflicted with her uh, religious views. Now, you might say, Tish, that sounds eerily similar to this situation (laughs) that we have here with Manly. However, here's the difference. She is Muslim. And so I guess the the question there is, I wonder (laughs) whether we would get that level of vitriol against Mm. the players here uh you know if you're asking the question what difference would it make if this were women in this situation well we had an example of that in in an in a in another code earlier this year she set out the pride game because she it, it conflicted with her views as a muslim okay fair enough did you hear the level of vitriol against her compared yeah. to what we're hearing against the manly players i don't really think so and so i wonder whether You know, if we're asking the question, you know, is this really about, you know, players, you know, not, um, you know, why are we treating a female and a Muslim different to a male and a Christian? Uh, I'm going to pose that as a question because I think that when the dust settles on this and and things get back to normal, um, you know, hopefully people will reflect those who are online saying some very nasty things about other people's religious views you know, noting that these people may have these views but haven't actually physically hurt anyone. But you may add that by by having that view and espousing it that it, it can psychologically cause harm, you can argue that, but they haven't necessarily done that. They have decided to withdraw. So they're actually punishing themselves in a way. They're yeah. basically saying I don't want to participate. I know I'm being paid to play, but I will, you know, and I don't know whether there will be consequences for them financially either. I'm not sure. Maybe not. But, you know, they're basically saying I withdraw from the game. So that to me is a they, they are almost punishing themselves. They're not getting any benefit out of, out of doing that. If anything, they're getting a target put on them. Um, a target which was not necessarily put on, Hanin Zyka earlier this year. And so that's the question I'd like to pose and end this on, which is, are we being hypocritical about the way we're treating these guys versus the way we've treated others in the past? You've talked about SBW. That's another good example of a different uh, kind of level of uh, uh, interference or or incongruity between someone's religious views and, say, playing for a uh, a team sponsored by a betting agency or an alcohol yeah. agency, whatever. You know, that's a different thing because this is about people. This is about I disagree mm. with you and your life choices. And so this is where it becomes, as you said, it's really complex. We're not trying to cause a flame war here. We're just trying yeah. to state the facts. But let's let's be real that there is definitely a difference between the language and the tone that's been used Currently, against the manly players versus what what happened earlier this year, you know it's in in only six or so months ago, uh, yeah. six or seven months ago. So it wasn't that far away, wasn't that long ago, and yet here we are comparing very two similar situations. Um, Tish, do you have any final words before we move on?
1: No, look, I think you've said it well, and um, yeah, we're not going to solve all the world's problems overnight. <laughs> Which is what mainly got to realise. No, no, and and, and you can't <laughs> expect PVL to either. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and not and not with just four, 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 like strips on a jersey, right? Like you know. Um, but look, I think I think I. Think end the day um I think conversation is, is what's the main thing here like you gotta keep um you gotta keep the lines of conversation open um for your intentions as a club and you know you gotta have the players involved in that and then um you know uh like you know one person at a time <laughs> you know that's and that's, Ian that's what Roberts has
0: said that you basically that's what Ian Roberts is saying you know let's have conversation and, and maybe we can convince people to to not, you know, to see people as human rather than as a thing that they don't like for whatever reason. But that's their choice. Again, it's their choice to do that. By law, they're allowed to do that. And as I said, it seems like they are punishing themselves by standing down from the game. Uh, they haven't actually done anything physically to anyone else or, yeah, um, exactly. but by, by purely stating that they have concerns. <laughs> You know but they haven't put has,
1: anything on Twitter, right? You know,
0: I I, I don't see. know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, Make, as far
1: as we know, as we know, as far as so. we know,
0: but you know, we are talking rugby league players, so you never know. Then we may see some <laughs> we may see some Twitter wars happening tomorrow. But but look, yeah, at the end of the day, I think Ian Roberts is on the right track. I think he's trying to he's trying to get the conversation started and say, look, even though he's disappointed, he understands, but he also thinks that there needs to be uh, you know, a bit of education going on there and and I think you'll find that you know, um, there are those who are you know very strictly religious for in whatever way, um, you know are, should be open to having that conversation. And I think mostly they are. So um, let's see how, how that goes. But yeah, look, Manly, um, I think it was a you know, a dud call to do it the way they did it because I think as I said, they have uh, un- unwittingly, put the target on some of their players, um, you know, and that's that's kind of unfair on them. I think there's a duty of care thing as well. They should have really thought that through. Um, having said that, though, um, as you said, it's only a couple of small strips of <laughs> of a jersey that this is all about, but what it represents is a lot more. Um, and as we've heard from PVL, it is the, the policy diversity um, and inclusion and inclusivity is going to be, on the cards in future, in in a future round, which I think is a good thing as well. So um, let's see how that goes and and how the NRL handles it. But, uh, you know, no doubt watch this space (laughs) is all I'll say. Um, All right, let's move on to tackle number five. Here we go. So hot on the heels of manly, sorry, of uh, the storm, Melbourne storms, uh, four losses in a row. The first time, uh, since uh, seven, I think it's seven years it's been since Mm. they last lost four games in a row. Uh, it's unusual, especially this year with the storm, to have this slump and this uh, much of a slump in at this part of the season. And so Craig Bellamy has come out, the Storm coach, has come out, made a stunning admission that he is unsure if his side can turn things around. Uh, And he questioned his side's defensive attitude as well. Now, Mm. you know, I'll just pause there because I think there's a lot more to this story. But this... I have to say that usually when we use words like stunning admission, and you think that it's a bit hyperbolic, it's mm. a bit uh, a bit exaggeration. But in this case, to hear Craig Bellamy not have an answer to something, <laughs> and to question the attitude of his players, I can't remember a time when I've heard that from Craig Bellamy ever. I mean, he's mm. always even when they've played poorly. He's just—he's just done the—the the typical. He's as clinical off he, at media press conferences as he is, kind of. Uh, well, he's not really clinical as a coach on the field because he's angry and he punches things. Yeah. But he, yeah. Uh, but he definitely it surprised me that he has come out. Like, what's what's different this time, Tish? Why now? Why? Why is this four losses in a row? What is going on? Has he lost the dressing room? How? I thought they were going well. I mean. They've just seemed to, since Origin, completely gone down the tubes. So what, what are your views on that?
1: Yeah. Look, what I think with uh, Craig Bellamy, um, and this maybe this is my evolution of Craig Bellamy that I've seen over the years, is that as the years gone by, I think we've got to know Craig Bellamy a lot more, right? And, um, you know, like, you know, we, we just know brilliant coach, brilliant strategist, great at, like, you know, um, personal development. I think he's a big thing with him, like, you know, like, you know, make players great people, then they become great players type thing. You know, he's got that sort of thing going on and they're, like, extremely very fit. Um, But then you see him angry all the time now, like, you know, and he's always angry and, yeah, kicking doors and, like, you know, uh, putting his finger up at Cameron Smith a few years ago. And, uh, you know, even in the press conference, a bit of a rant, you know. You know, the replacement should be able to catch the ball, pass the ball, and make their tackles, you know, uh, and then telling people that he's not confident. And, you know, he says all these things, but then they go out and win. And, um, you know, I think Phil Gould made a really good uh, observation of Craig. Like, if you actually just watch the footage of him, you know, in the coaching stand, you'd think he's never won a game. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: You're right. That's true. He acts like he acts like uh, or he acts like some kind of uh, you know, like youth soccer coaches who just barking yeah. at their players, you know, unnecessarily yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, you're right. He's not actually treating them like adults. I mean, you wouldn't. I don't think from any other. Think about any other major like uh, of the greatest coaches of all time. I yeah. think he stands out as the one that is most. I wouldn't say immature, but he kind of, he's definitely got the, you know, um, military style, you know, screaming in your face kind of mm. persona, whereas some of the others don't, like Jack Gibson, yeah. you know, you could throw in Brian Smith, well, you could throw yeah. in Wayne Bennett, that kind of thing. Tim, you Sheen, don't really, yeah. Tim Sheens, they are the calmest dudes, Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, not really, you know. Even if there's tense, like like a Brian Smith, they would never. You wouldn't see them, sma- you know, smashing things and yelling. I mean, the only other coach we see doing that nowadays is really Ricky Stewart, as far as I can see.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And yeah. He, I mean,
0: he's a premiership winning coach as well, and he's a great yeah. coach. And but, and
1: for, for yeah. former former uh, teammate of Craig Bellamy as well. Um True. <laughs> so, so so is that angry. true? Were they? Did they play together? Yeah, camera, right? Because um, I think Daly oh, right. is the one that replaced Bellamy, right? So, all um, oh, right, as right, right, five eighth, yeah, and um, and look, they both come from the Tim Sheen school of coaching as well, and I think Tim Sheen sh- shares a story where he was, you know, he put Craig after he retired, he put him in charge of the, you know, the Presidents Cup team. And then uh, he came into the dressing room day and then he saw that the President's Cup team were all asleep. And it's because um, Craig Bellamy woke him up at three o'clock in the morning to do like a marathon <laughs> to get them fit for the game. You know, like some sort of crazy story like that. So, um, yeah, so he sounds like a bit of an extreme character. So we're seeing more and more <laughs> of him. And and look, the, the, the current playing group that he's got, like with two prominent players in Brandon Smith and... Uh, Cameron Munster, they that, that don't seem to be the type of uh, player that would respond well to a very, you know, disciplined uh, character. Like, you know, so, yeah, maybe it's the dynamic of the team and he kind of, you know, it's kind of a bit different to what he normally had. Um, because if you think about Billy Ka- uh, Cooper and Cameron, which was like his three big stars for such a long time, they are more of the, you know, like, uh, structured play. You know, I think... Um, Pippa Cronk had this thing where he want, he'd he want to practice the sets. He'd write down the sets. Like, he'd basically have all the sets planned out for the entire 80 minutes, right? So he'd have the field goal set, the, you know, uh, try in the corner set, the, you know, like left, right, down the middle. Like, they they actually, like, would practice every set and you wanted to be in certain positions of the field to be able to make attack, right, you know? Um, but now he's got, like, you know, he's got, like, these... Uh, these players want to play uh, with their eyes up and more sort of off the cuff, and I don't know if that suits the Bellamy. Uh, yes, yeah, so I just feel like there's a bit of a, a thing there too. Mm, but right. but I also think that this is the the guile of Craig Bellamy, that um, you know he's doing this press conference, saying all these things because he's just trying to rev up his team. You know, you know we need to get other players in. You know, what I've got's not going to turn it around. Um, And then what he's essentially saying is that, hey, guys, you know, everybody's replaceable, (laughs) you know? So if you don't perform, you're out of the team. You know, I I think it's a sort of reverse
0: psychology trick. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you think think it's – He's trying to get them motivated.
0: But can I – just spoiler alert because we're going to talk about it soon. The next game that they're going to play is in Mount Smart Stadium against the Warriors – do you really think they need to be motivated and do you really think that the Storm would not be considered raging hot favourites against the Warriors, considering how the Warriors have gone this year? Even though they're at home at Mount Smart Stadium, I still think the Warriors would be considered vast vast underdogs. And so I wonder whether, you know, for, for Craig Bellamy to do this now, Tells me, I think you're right. Maybe he's trying to fire a rocket up them to get them fired up for the finals, a- and then he knows that the next game coming up is going to be a fairly easy one for them to win, mm. uh, and and that it'll it'll make him appear to be a genius. See, I I've fired a rocket up them and they won. You mm. know, forgetting that it's not you know it's an, a, a team that's out of contention for the finals <laughs> that he's uh. You know, virtually out of contention, I think. Uh, you know, so I think that's, um, yeah, possibly it's it's Craig Bellamy playing us all in a longer con uh, to to, uh, to show what a genius he is. But, yeah, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is because, like, um, these rumours of these players and stuff, and I'm sure that some of these, because he, he's talked about Dewey, he's talked about Dan Laurie, he's talked about, um Josh Add I mean, they're all playing for clubs that are not in the contention. He talked about Reese Walsh and it's funny, they're playing the Warriors and uh, you know, like uh Reese Walsh can't get a game because he's going to Brisbane next year and Stacy they are Stacy Jones. Oh, when's Reese gonna get, get a go? And he's like, uh, um uh, uh we just gotta pick the team based on what, what we have to like next week. <laughs> so like I think he I, I think it's kind of I think this whole tactic is is just for, like, it, it's basically a diversion uh, to what he's really trying to do Monday to front, and that's just get his team mentally prepared um, to do, yeah to, uh, to win. Because they have all the structures in place. They are probably one of the fittest teams out there, right? Um, and, you know, they sort of, they could, I mean, earlier this year they beat, uh, wasn't it 70 to 10 or something like that, that they beat? Uh, New Zealand, and um, that's good 50 points in one half, so you know, they have that capacity Melbourne, right, to, to really dominate teams, but then this year they've also had the capacity to really fall away too, right so um, I think from that, I think what Craig sees is that, yeah, I, I need to do I need to like unhinge them from what they, the way they currently think about these games coming up, and I've got to get them um, thinking about finals, and I think he's Strategy is to use anything he's got, which is probably the media. So, um, yeah. But look, I wouldn't be surprised if there are players like um, like some of these players who actually want to join. Um, you know, the storm for the run home for the finals. We saw that happen with a few teams last year as well. So, yeah. Let's see. Let's see how Melbourne would turn around. But you know, if they make the top eight, I really couldn't. I could never rule them out until I see them lose a finals game to say that they're not going to be in contention, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think it's too way too early to rule them out. And I think, uh, you know, if anything, you can bet your money on Craig Bellamy finding a way to motivate mm. them uh, yeah. just as the finals are about to kick off. I, I see yeah. them, you know, possibly if going... It, if it doesn't interfere with
1: your views, of course, like, you know. Oh, of course. Of course.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to round 20 tips. Here we go. All oh, right. if that music doesn't get you fired up for the tips, nothing will. <laughs> yeah. Tish, last week we both, uh, for round 19, we got five out of eight, which takes me to 108 and you to 107. So neck, and neck, as usual. Round 20 poses, uh, well, we've already talked about a couple of games that are going to be impacted on on some of the controversies that we've talked about this week. Let's launch into it. Manly versus Sydney Roosters. Roosters are on fire. I think, given Manly have this unnecessary disruption, I Mm. I think that this is going to distract them a little bit. So Roosters going to win that one.
1: Yeah, I'm tipping the Roosters too. And just thinking, I'm thinking about some of the irony. I remember the Roosters had the Rooster Rooster Man song from the Village People. So um, yeah, interesting (laughs) they're playing for this round. So yeah.
0: Um, All right, and we talked about Storm and Warriors. I think the Storm will win this one quite easily.
1: Yeah, look, um, uh, yeah, I think even uh, – yeah, I think most people who – you don't have New Zealand supporters are also going to tip the storm in this one, I feel. Uh,
0: Battle of the West, Eels versus Panthers. Now, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and think <laughs> – tip the Eels to completely buck the trend. And what? there's one possible reason – so, again, the Eels seem to have the wood on the Panthers for the last couple of years – they're the only team that has defeated the Melbourne Storm and the Panthers uh, twice already, I think. Um, however, I've heard that Jerome Luai is out this weekend, and I wonder what impact that's going to have on the team. i also given, I don't know, I think Crichton is out potentially as well uh, with his ear injury. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, look, I don't know. I'm not that confident that this is the Eels. You know, which Eels are going to turn up? I don't know. Is it going to be the typical Eels that, that play as they did against the Broncos? Uh, inept, no, n- more, no more than one-dimensional attack, you know, lacking <laughs> motivation. The kind of team that is booed by its own home crowd for lack of uh, <laughs> ticker. <laughs> Is it that Eels, or are we going to get the Eels team that seem to play near-perfect footy against the Panthers and the Storm already this year and seems to only play and lift for those massive teams? I'm hoping it's a, it's that one. So I'm hoping that the Eels will lift, but I'm not that confident. What about I you, think
1: this I think it's difficult, but I, I am going to go with you as well. I'm going to tip the Eels. Oh, uh, you're, you're too
0: kind. You realise you're one point behind me in the tips. You yeah. Just have- you just have to tip the Panthers and you will probably get in front of me at this yeah, point. But except, anyway.
1: Except um, the Eels did beat the Panthers. I only attempted to do that this year. Uh, it's, you know, it's really interesting because really, I really want Paramount to do well in the vital series. And I just, I don't know about this game. Like, I think, yeah. But, yeah, you, know, you know what, let me change it over to the Panthers. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, but, like, if I do that, then the Eels have no chance. But anyway. Let's, yeah, anyway, let's do that. I think the the
0: Panthers are raging not favourites given how they've played. But, all right, um, Raiders
1: versus Titans. Uh, Mm. I'm tipping the Raiders. Yeah, look, um, yeah, uh, a team associated with Mal Meninga versus a team associated with Ricky Shaw. I'm going to tip the Raiders. All right. Sharks versus the
0: Rabbitohs. Now, this is actually a really important game because... I think if this, the the Rabbitos can win this one, they are, you know, they'll have the momentum that they need to aim for that top four spot. And I think, um, I think the Sharks they've been doing very well this year. They've been matching it, you know, they've matched it pretty closely with the Panthers uh, recently in the last round, and and have done so all this year. So I look, I think I just get the feeling that Latrell Mitchell is really stepping up for the South Sydney Rabbitohs and I think they'll win this one.
1: Yeah, I am tipping Cronulla but uh, this is going to be a great game.
0: Absolutely. Um Broncos versus Tigers at Suncorp Stadium. Um oh, this is a tough one because uh given the situation with the the controversy, I think the Tigers are going to be a bit too distracted whereas the Broncos We feel Mm. pretty confident uh, in terms of what they did against the Eagles, So I think the Broncos will win this
1: one. Yeah, look, I agree. I I normally don't like to tip against the Tigers, of course, what's but I'm going to tip the Broncos. I think, um, yeah, the tipping is too close for me to uh, keep tipping the Tigers every week. All right. The
0: Knights versus the Bulldogs. Uh, So it's going to be a big crowd there on Sunday afternoon at McDonald Jones Stadium at Newcastle. Um, It's the... Is it the David Klemmer Cup? I
1: don't know. I'm just <laughs> yeah. thinking,
0: I just need to think of someone that, you know, uh, there's lots, I think, that have played for Knights and Bulldogs. But look, I think the Bulldogs will win this one. I think they, Mick Potter has got them. Uh, this is the kind of game that Mick Potter and the Bulldogs can win and should win. And if they mm. can do that, then, you know, look, the finals are out of the question, but they definitely won't, it won't be near the bottom. And I think uh, that, to me, will be a win for Mick Potter. So Bulldogs are mine.
1: Yeah, I'll get to tip the Bulldogs too. I could just see the Matt Burton bombs and Marathon Stadium. Uh, it's a bit of an open-air stadium too. I feel like uh, Callum Ponger is not going to be there at fullback. So whoever's replacing him is going to have a tough time. Just handle the bombs. And then you've got the Fox out wide trying to score a try. So, yeah, I think the Bulldogs are are going to have too much firepower.
0: Yeah. I wonder if he's going to get a hat-trick as well. That would be very interesting. But, look, Dragons and Cowboys, I think, is the final match Mm. uh, at Jubilee Stadium on Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. I think that's the televised game, free to air. Um, I'm going to tip an upset. I'm going to tip the Dragons uh, purely because I think I wonder if all this controversy is distracting the Cowboys as well. From, from the game at hand. And I think the Dragons, uh, given what they did to Manly, I think they're quietly achieving and okay. flying under the radar. They're uh, trying to get that top eight spot. Dragons for okay
1: Okay. Um, I trust in Todd. Um, so I'm going to tip the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, because I know, look, uh, I mean, it's great. Like the Tigers, a Cowboys game was great, but I also feel like, he would have been disappointed with how close the uh, Tigers got. And I know he's really upset when they score tries in the second half. So they won't be too happy about their performance last week. And I feel like um, this game against the Dragons, they really want to have something to prove. Um, And they want to secure second. And, uh, you know, as long as as, uh, Ashley Klein is uh, refereeing this game, they've got no problems.
0: (laughs) Well... He's not Chris Sutton is, but look, it's one of the Sutton boys. So you never know. You can never, (laughs) you never predict, but look, thank you, Tish. That wraps up the tips and the podcast for today. It's been an epic one. There's a lot happening at the moment in the world of rugby league. Um, There always is. (laughs) There always is something happening in rugby league off the field as much as on the field. That's why we love the game and why we always have something to talk about Tish Thank you very much. Over to you to wrap this one up. And thanks, everyone, for listening.
1: Over to you, Tish. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of the Rugby League Republic. We're your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. Join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.